Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. Uh, well, welcome again. Uh, I'm Ben. I'm a lead pastor. If you were here uh, last week, you probably saw me like uh, barely make it through some of the services. Was not feeling too well. I'm feeling pretty good today. And that's because uh, this weekend is, of course, uh, for you football fans, it's a big weekend, right? Super Bowl weekend. Uh, so how many of you, I just want to see, I know the Hawks aren't in it. I want to see uh, how many of you would be more, uh, you would say uh, that you are Patriots fans. Go ahead and say that. Raise your hands. Yeah, okay, good. And now how many of you would say, no, I'm not a Patriot fan, I'm a Christian. Go ahead and raise your hand. Uh, So I just want to, okay, no, I, I, (laughs) yeah, the Patriots will probably win. And that just shows that there's still evil in the world. So, uh, <laughs> but some of us may feel this way. I came across this one. I hope both teams uh, lose. If that only could be possible. Uh, well, uh, as we are in this series, I got to tell you one word I am not fond of. Uh, I hear less of it, I think, now these days, but is the word ish. Uh, because it always applies, implies a lack of commitment. People will say, hey, I'm going to be there around noon-ish. I'm going to get that done around uh, March-ish. Or uh, if you've ever had someone from uh, Comcast, if you work from Comcast, I love you. Uh, but uh, I love you now. But when I'm waiting for you to come to my house... Sometimes I don't love you because they'll be, oh yeah, it'll be afternoon-ish. And it's like, what really, I'm supposed to take all day off work. What, what am I supposed to do while I wait? Watch TV? You know, uh, that, that, uh, that doesn't work very well. And then, you know, I'm like, so could you get your ish over here? But I don't say that because otherwise they'll say, what do you do for a living? And I'll say, well, I'm a pastor-ish. And uh, (laughs) uh, when it comes to our mouths, uh, we we talked last week about uh, criticism. Uh, We we all will receive criticism. If you can't receive some criticism, you're not an adult. That's part of maturity. You will never grow. You will never be successful if you cannot receive some criticism in your life. You'll never uh, have the relationships you want. But there is overly critical people, and then, and then there's us, because we are part of those people, right? We can be overly critical at times. Now, we talked a lot about that uh, last week, and today I want to talk about when we are honest-ish. <laughs> and uh, uh, how many of you would admit to ever being a little honest-ish? Okay, yeah, that's great. I've got a group of liars here today. The, uh, well, we are going to turn back again to the book of Proverbs in the Bible. And so if you have your uh, outline, you can take that out. Or if you're following along in your own uh, Bible, 
some, sometimes people say, well, why don't you just have everyone bring their Bible? Well, one, I, I just, my Bible is my phone now. And also, uh, we want to all be on the same page. We're able to cover a lot more scripture uh, that way. Uh, Proverbs 22, 17, uh, this is really, it begins a section called Sayings of the Wise, 30 Sayings of the Wise. And it says, pay attention and turn your ears to the sayings of the wise. Apply your heart to what I teach, for it is pleasing when, they, when you keep them in your heart. And all of them, and have all of them ready on your lips, so that you, your, so that your trust may be in the Lord. I teach you today, even you. I love that. So it's sort of like I teach you, even you people. And uh, uh, have I not written 30 sayings for you, knowledges of counsel, or sayings of counsel and knowledge? And this is where we're going to focus. Teaching you to be honest and to speak the truth. Have you ever wondered why we even need to be taught to be honest and speak the truth is because naturally uh, we will tend not to do that. And that goes right back to the idea. I know some of you don't believe in the biblical concept of original sin. That's because you're not parents yet. Once you do, uh, you'll believe that part of the Bible. Uh, and did any of you have to teach your kids how to lie to you? No, did you, no, no, you didn't, you never once, I've never met one parent ever that said, you know what, my kid was super honest, and so I had to teach that little blessing to lie to me. No, it just comes naturally uh, to us. There's a tendency, and so the Bible tells us that uh, we need to learn actually not to lie, not to break our promises but to go a different way. And in fact, uh, there's been so much research on this, most of it actually not by Christians, just secular research. The average person lies uh, 25 times a day. Uh, that, yeah, and you're looking around you. <laughs> People are looking at you too. So the, uh, um, the average person lies about 25 times a day. There's so many statistics on this. Uh, and that's, how we misrepresent. And the funny thing is, is I don't want to uh, be simplistic. Uh, I believe in the ninth commandment where it talks about truth telling and honesty and keeping our word and, and, and being a true witness. Uh, so I believe that. I affirm the whole Bible, but I don't want to be simplistic and just say, don't lie. Bad people lie. You shouldn't lie. Some of you who were raised in uh, church, uh, your parents taught you this wonderful uh, Bible verse. Revelation 21.8. The place of liars is a fiery lake of burning sulfur. Good night, Johnny. <laughs> uh, I, I, I think I may have shared this before. A friend of mine actually uh, learned at Bible camp a song uh, based on this. Uh, and it went something like this, Revelation, Revelation, 21.8, 21.8, liars burn in hell, liars burn in hell, burn, 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 burn. It's kind of catchy, isn't it? You should teach it to your own children. Now, we know uh, that when someone is trustworthy and honest, 
there's something that's powerful in that because it can be countercultural. It was then, it is now. Proverbs uh, 24, 26, I love this. It says, an honest answer is like a kiss on the lips. And the idea is that there's something so incredible and special. But, but for us today, what I want to do is not evaluate everyone else, although it's fun to judge other people. Isn't that fun to do? But God would actually rather have us do business uh, with ourselves and we would ask him, God, what way do you want us to go? It says in uh, Ephesians 4.15, instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. That we speak truth in love. And so the evaluation questions for us is, do I lie? Every person does at some level, hopefully not as much as you used to. Hopefully that's an area of growth in your life. Do I lie often? And, that's, and this is really the big one, and I think this is where this becomes important to you, is because we can start living a lie. How many of you have had a friend and... I would have never guessed that he blank, blank, blank stole the money or had the affair or was into whatever. And you say, how in the world does a good person like that go that way? Or here's what you'll do is you will lie to yourself, and I think we do this, and say, I would never. Instead... I think the mature thing is recognizing the pattern. You know what? I, like anyone else, have a tendency to go down a road that can be destructive, where I can lose uh, my friends, my, my integrity, my, even my faith along the way. And so the question is, I, see, I think all of us know this. So my guess is, 99.9% of what I said you already knew already. So why do we do this? Why do we have a hard time with this thing called integrity and just telling the truth to ourselves, telling our truth, the truth to God, and telling the truth to other people? Here are four reasons that I could uh, think of as I think of the hundreds and maybe probably more than that at this point in my life of people and individuals but probably thousands who I've talked to on the other end of a situation where they've been uh, dealing with some dishonesty in their own life or someone else. Uh, one is that honesty can lead to conflict. That we lie because uh, people don't often appreciate honesty. Uh, that can, uh, ha have you ever heard someone say, well, I just told them the truth. Well, one, by the way, if you're a truth teller, awesome, but it's also the way you tell the truth. Are you saying it at the right time with the right tone? We've talked a lot about this. Don't just vomit information on people because that's going to not be a good situation uh, for you. So there's tension uh, even when we're doing the right thing. If you've ever had individual counseling or marriage counseling, uh, one of the things, that you, you know I recommend it, 
But I have to tell you the truth when it comes to that is the tension level actually increases. The conflict level actually increases for a moment in marriage counseling. Do you know why? Because there's a sense where you're starting to be honest with one another. And then you get on the other side of that, and there's healing, and there's wholeness, and there's hope, and there's actually a better relationship instead of just surviving. Second reason is that owning failure takes maturity. And I've seen this. I have the opportunity uh, to work with some uh, people. Uh, not, I mean, when I say work with, not people who work with me who are on my staff team, but uh, some leaders in our community, in our church, people who are point leaders for their organization, some of them quite large corporations. In fact, many of them, quite honestly. And with that, one of the things I've noticed with this group of people that I meet with, very successful, not just in Christian, in the world's eyes, super successful. But these are people who don't have a hard time owning their mistakes and failures. And he, they're, the, they're the boss, they're the boss's 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 boss. Yeah, they don't have a hard time with that. I've noticed that successful people are able to own failures. I've noticed that people who never find success struggle with this. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it will keep you from the success you want in life if you can't be honest uh, about your own failure. And uh, would anyone admit you've at least failed once in your life? Yeah, okay. Yeah, some of you haven't yet. That's great. That's great. The Lord has returned. The, uh, <laughs> but the, the fact is, is we all fail. If you own it, that's maturity. You want a great, uh, uh, be a great parent? When you fail as a parent, own your failure. You want to be a great boss? Own your failure as a boss. You want a great relationship with God? Say, God, I know you, you see everything. I know you love me unconditionally. But I just want to say to you, I, I'm living in a way that's no longer honoring you. Or I've been making excuses. Uh, and that will cause maturity. And here's, here, here's another uh, one, is that covering up can seem easier than fessing up. <laughs> that we uh, oftentimes we will spend so much energy around covering up uh, and I'm talking about a sin issue uh, one of the things I love about our different recovery groups that we have at church is that there's so many people committed to getting better in their life but that takes honesty and here's another reason why we're not honest sometimes is that graciousness can be rare. Sometimes when you do the right thing, when you admit a mistake, a sin, a failure, when you give information, it would have been easier to uh, conceal. You share an unwelcome vantage point at work. You have the uncomfortable but caring conversation. Is that things get worse because some people are not gracious. And so we... We have all these reasons, and it keeps us from sometimes being honest. And I, as I was thinking about this, and I was praying about it, and looking at it biblically, of course, I, I was thinking, what's behind all of this? Why, how can we improve in this area of our life? 
is the key idea is this honesty is always about trust do I trust people enough to tell them my story uh, do I trust my church enough to be vulnerable with some folks in a, in, a, in a small group or to get involved do I trust God enough to to go ahead and do the right thing even when the consequences may not be positive and by the way again I want to challenge you but I don't I don't I, I'm not here standing as judge before you certainly not uh, because I have that tendency you put me in a bad situation I don't want to necessarily tell the truth my wife and I uh, we were when we lived in a little town uh, Kingman Arizona if you've never been there uh, it's a little town out in the middle of nowhere and we were there for three years those of you who come from a Catholic background I think that's called purgatory and <laughs> so the uh, we were in this little town actually it was a great town we had a great ministry it was a uh, and then we went through this town called Wikiup Wikiup is a town of about 250 alleged people somewhere in the town and uh, it's about uh, an hour and 15 minutes outside of Kingman and yet another two hours and 15 minutes to Phoenix uh, Wikiup has a gas station uh, it has I don't even know if they have a bar they have just a couple stores there and as you're going through the speed limit in general in that part of Arizona this windy road is I think 55 uh, miles per hour but in Wikiup they slow it down to 35 miles per hour my wife was uh, driving and uh, I don't want you to judge her but she sins sometimes uh, the, uh, and we were going through Wikiup and uh, sure enough the place is a speed trap uh, uh, we see the lights behind us and uh, my wife gets pulled over and uh, the uh, rolls down her window the officer says do you know how fast you were going and I'm thinking this is our chance he doesn't know uh, and so here's my my wife is literally the most honest person in the world uh, which usually I like on this day I considered it a character defect uh, and so uh, so it's like you know the answer you're supposed to give well is the right answer but usually it's like well I don't know officer you tell me and she looks at the sign and it's 35 she goes well speed limit says 35 but I guess I was probably going more like 50 <laughs> and I'm like oh Lord <laughs> teach her to lie <laughs> no the <laughs> but uh, the the funny thing is in that we laugh about it and literally uh, I can only laugh about it years later but the uh, uh, but we know it it costs something sometimes to tell the truth and now a uh, couple hundred dollars that's sort of a big deal but sometimes it can cost uh, much more do we trust God will still have our back when we're honest now I'm not again I'm not talking if, if, if you're rude and honest that's another issue but if you're gracious if you're prayerful if you're caring and we're honest now as I say this I want to be careful uh, as well it doesn't mean we tell all the truth to every person there are some things that your kids they probably don't need to know till years later especially when you're struggling through conflict 
as parents. Um, but what I'm talking about in general is this thing called integrity. And so what I want to do is, uh, for our last minutes together, is I want to consider just what are the three elements of integrity. Uh, and the first one is what I would call uh, the promises you don't make. Uh, that oftentimes uh, we, we make promises, we want to be liked, we, uh, and, and sometimes it's just good not to make promises. In fact, it says in Proverbs 20, 25, it says it's a trap to dedicate something rashly and only later, uh, later to consider one's vows. We need to ask ourselves the question, am I being sincere? What am I uh, willing to do to honor my promise? Ecclesiastes 5.2 says this, uh, Do not be quick with your mouth. Do not be hasty in your heart to utter anything before God. God is in heaven and you are on earth. So let your words be few. And there it's talking really a promise to God. And then there's the promises uh, we make. Again, I want to draw from the book of Proverbs where it talks about that. And then the language is pretty, uh, pretty harsh here. It says, the Lord de detests lying lips, but he delights in people who are truthful. It doesn't mean that you're going to go to hell because you told a lie. But God knows the damage that a lie can do. That it can do to your faith, that it can do to a friendship, that it can do to a marriage, to a business, to a church. And so, honesty. I mean, don't kids get this? They, uh, you know, you think about this. Uh, uh, I always remember uh, that thing I learned as a, as a kid where, where they made you really promise. And what did they say? Cross your heart. And then what happened? Stick a needle in your eye. Isn't that a wonderful picture? You know, <laughs> Dad, are you telling me the truth? You wouldn't like me if you lie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> there's little Johnny with a needle sticking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> over. The, the fact is, is that sometimes uh, we need to say, is this a promise I can make? Uh, and in that, there's the test of our own heart in our relationship. I was going back through... Uh, a message I did uh, nearly 10 years ago when I came here uh, to be pastor at Timberlake Church, and I was uh, some of the promises that I made. The church, uh, great church, had gone through some issues, and there had been some honesty issues and, 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 and leadership and some non-disclosure issues. And I was thinking, you know, we've done okay on these promises. Uh, one, I said, I'll be authentic. People are sort of funny. They're like, you're so authentic. I'm like, well, what's the alternative? You know, to try to be someone else? Yeah, I, I can, you know, I, I don't have, as I said, I don't have one of those great preacher voices that got, got talks like this or, I, you know, yell a lot or something like that. I have the, the whiny Jewish voice that God gave me, you know. And uh, so it's like, yeah, you, son says, are you back? are you from back east? I'm like, no, it's just sort of a family thing. And so uh, uh, I will have uh, accountability in my personal life was one of the promises. By the way, accountability doesn't mean you don't sin. Because here, here's one thing, and I would say this to some of you, 
who, who are looking at making this promise. Uh, I always say transparency trumps accountability. Now, I have several people and groups of people I'm accountable to, but I know if I don't live my life more out in the open, that because whenever you hide something, you'll tend to be uh, dishonest about it. In fact, some of you, if you're struggling with the sin, the biggest thing, you, if you just say, you know, I'm going to be transparent about it, and you'll find progress in that. Addi we say, well, what if it's an addiction issue? If it's an addiction, drugs or alcohol, if you're transparent about it, do you know how far along you are towards God doing a miracle in your life? I've seen it, I've seen it where people have uh, struggled with sexual addictions, and man, talk about something you know, hard to <laughs> talk about. And, but when people have said, you know, this is an area of my life, and I, I'm ashamed of it, but, but I struggle here, people start to get set free. So I do think you need accountability, and that's important, but you also need transparency. The other commitment I, I handled, I, I said, I will handle money well. And that's not just because I come from a Jewish background. The, uh, <laughs> it is a burden of my people to teach you Gentiles about money, though. The, uh, <laughs> it is just, hey, everyone's got their burden, you know. So the, uh, uh, but what I mean is that's an area that can always, and now some people, by the way, if you're, if you're probably really hung up on money, you're probably, uh, this is, okay, I, I'm not going to be gracious, so I want to say, okay, uh, people who aren't generous tend to be the most judgy people. So if you're not generous, then you're going to end up judgy. But if you are generous, you deserve and should demand a sense of, hey, what's God doing with the resources I'm investing in God's kingdom work? And uh, I just think that's really uh, important. A friend of mine was sort of giving me a hard time. Uh, he said, man, you don't, uh, we were like in a grocery store, and it was on a conference trip, and, and he goes, gosh, you, like you're not going to even put like a, that, if it's like a candy bar or something on the church account. I said, nah. He said, you don't even get close to the line. I said, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's, wh wh that's important. I also uh, said I would do my best to handle God's word. Uh, and for, if you haven't been through membership class yet, you, you need to understand there's a lot of thought that goes into it. Uh, that some of you were in a church where they didn't teach the Bible or they went through verse by verse, uh, which is, by the way, not bad. I used to teach that way. It's not, it's not the biblical way. In fact, it's actually, there's no example of it at all in the Bible. But, uh, but we always take a book or a theme and say, hey, we're going to, we're going to have some integrity and not try to put something into the Bible text that isn't there. And the fifth one uh, is, I will admit my failures. I said I'd do that. And you say, well, gosh, isn't that scary? Well, the main reason I do it is I have to spend a lot less money on counseling. You people are my therapy. That's what you are. <laughs> uh, but here, here's, a, here's a funny thing is, is not to elevate sin, if you get that mistake about this place, you, you do not understand where we're at yet. But I know is when we hear stories, you hear them from me, you hear them from other people, you know what that creates? A massive sense of hope. Because God is in the business of doing miracles. Some of my best friends come to church and 
were struggling with a marriage issue that was hidden or alcoholism. And once they got past the surface stuff, they said, you know, the, there's this, if we can have this transparency and this honesty, you know what's at the intersection of that? Life change. And part of it is, it's an issue of trust. Do I trust God? Do I trust that he will be faithful? And then third, there's the promises we count on. Uh, these are promises we make to ourselves, the people around us, and ultimately promises of God that we count on as well. One of my favorite uh, parts of Proverbs, probably one of the best known, is Proverbs 3, 5 through 6. It says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him, and he will make your paths straight. See, the question is, is if I do the right thing, if I come clean, if I'm honest and forthright, will my life turn out okay? 2 Timothy 2.13 says this, If we are faithless, he will remain faithful. He will remain faithful to you and me. One of the great things about uh, promises is that there's no expiration date on them. Uh, I was thinking about this in terms of those of you who are married. At some point you made a promise. It went something like this. For better or for worse, for richer and for poorer, in sickness and in health, forsaking all others. And so the, one of the things that would be, I think, helpful is you maybe go home and say, Ben told me, told us we're not perfect in this promise. How are we doing? How can we get better? See, when we live out these promises, God changes us from the inside. When we say these are the commitments that we've made, we do it as individuals, we do it in our families, we do it as a church. Commitments that we've, you've heard us talk about, that we're committed to the uncommitted. That if you came here today, our church, actually our first commitment as a church is that we're committed to people who have not yet committed themselves to Jesus to help you in your figuring out this God thing because we believe that God is crazy about you. And when you understand that, you're not going to run, you're not going to hide. The only place you're going to run is to God. We have our other commitments. One of the great things we have our uh, high schoolers this weekend are at camp. By the way, our high school ministry is doing so well. Uh, we, we planned for that camp, but that it's, it literally sold out weeks in advance so many students wanted to go to camp. Isn't that a good problem to have as a church? Yeah, I think that's a pretty good problem to have as a church. And, uh, and God's going to do incredible things up there. Because we said we're committed to the next generation. Actually, another thing, when I came here 10 years ago, it was right around when the Great Recession started. And again, that was not my fault. Uh, the, <laughs> uh, and I remember church after church laying, after, laying off youth staff and all of that. And uh, I, I literally heard from pastors, well, you know what? Students don't give. And I'm like, that is the lamest thing I've ever heard in my life. And uh, I, I said, we're going to double down. 
and we invested in student men. And one of the reasons we have one of the largest student ministries uh, on the east side today is because we said, hey, it's about God changing lives. Other commitments, next right step, you know that. You've, have you ever heard me talk about growth groups yet? Uh, yeah, you hear about it. Some of you have been resisting for nine years now. Uh, yeah, you've joined the resistance, but it has to do with growth groups. Uh, and I encourage you, see, see, we believe that long past your participation in Timberlake will be the, God, the work that God does in your heart. And as you know, that one of my big hearts is for uh, mission in our church, and our church is going great, but ministry in our community, whether that means uh, people are hopeless or homeless or uh, addicts or just kids who are looking for direction, uh, and also ministry in the world. Uh, David Choi, our missions pastor, has done such a great job as we've invested even more. Uh, if you're new around here, might, you might not know that. We've had, I mean, team, whether it's Mexico or Africa or Europe or, or an orphanage we built, own, and operate in Haiti. Or one of the special mission partnerships uh, that we have has been in India. You know that every year we build a church in India for uh, tribal people. We can't tell you where because the persecution of Christians has increased to really a level not seen in recent decades in India. Uh, one of those was for people affected with leprosy. Uh, whether it's our orphanages we invest in there or uh, training Christian leaders, actually bringing higher education, quality uh, Christian higher education. Because we believe it should never just be about you and me. That we say, God, we, when we accepted you, we make a promise that we want to make a difference for you. And it's funny how all those integrity things, you know what? They start to take care of themselves along the way. In fact, as we uh, were looking at the latest team that came back from uh, India, someone showed me the story just uh, uh, a day or so ago, and I said, okay, I, I know we're supposed to hold off on this one, but the church needs to hear this, because I think you're going to be encouraged uh, with your faithfulness and what God's doing. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.